Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning, and I pray that in these next few minutes that there would be no distractions, dear Lord. That we would not have thoughts in our mind about things of the world. That we won't have any bitterness or hatred or anger or worries in our heart, dear Lord. But in these few minutes that you open our heart, God, that you give us your heart to care for other people, to, to see the need uh, for sharing the light and the gospel of Jesus Christ, dear Lord God. I pray that you help us to see the significance of your word always when we read them, and also this morning. So I pray, God, that you help us to give you our, our full attention this morning, dear Lord God, and I pray that you bless the reading of your word. I pray that you humble me, dear Lord. I pray that Jesus is glorified in this, in this place. And I pray that you hide me behind the cross as I preach and teach this morning. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. 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 Genesis 1 verse 27. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. Now this is a, a good verse for us to look at and a good verse for us to remember in this day and age. It's a good verse for all of us, both the believer and the unbeliever. For the believer, we remember where we come from. We remember how we were made. Uh, we were not just made by chance. We were not made through evolution. We were made by an almighty God. An almighty God who is a master creator and a perfect designer has formed each and every one of our bodies from the get-go. And not only did He make our bodies, not only did He make us who we are, not only did He give us a spirit, a soul, but we are created in the very image of God. And think about that for a second. We are created in the very image of God. And what does that mean? Does that mean our physical attributes are in some way in the image of God? Well, possibly so. Perhaps uh, the way that we are built, our bodies, and the way that things work, and the way that we look, perhaps our own looks are from the image of God. Perhaps it's our soul. Perhaps it's our, our spirit that's made in the image of God. But what does it mean to be made in the image of God? Well, to be made in the image of God simply means, at, at the most simple point, is that God created us. In whatever way that we bear His image, I suppose there are many ways that we do that. It's a couple I just mentioned. But the fact that we are created by God should tell us that we are just how we need to be. Now that doesn't mean that if we're living in sin and doing sinful things in our body, well, God made me this way with these temptations, therefore this is how I'm supposed to be. That's not what we're talking about. But when we are created in the image of God, if a perfect, almighty Creator made you and formed you just how you need to be, who are you to say that you need to change yourself? That you need to be something other than what God has created you? That somehow God has made a mistake in creating you? Now this is an important topic for us to remember as Christians because we remember God created us, but it's an important point that the unbeliever, that the non-Christian needs to hear. And it's important because there is much confusion in our world today. And just last week as I was riding down the road, I was listening to an interview on the radio and this person on the interview was talking about someone they encountered and they were talking about the fact that they were a transgender person who lived their life and identified as a lesbian. 
and the other host of the show began to celebrate and begin to applaud and say, boy, I'm proud for that person. Now that's the state of the world that we live in today. And it broke my heart when I heard that statement. I just, I, I just stopped there and I thought for a second. That poor person. That poor person. It, it made me tear up. I almost lost it when I heard that person say that because the first thing that came to my mind is this is a person who has been created by the almighty, all-perfect God of the universe just how they need to be. And they are so confused that they don't even realize who they are, who, what their identity is in, who their identity is in. And it broke my heart because I know that that's not the only person in the world that is confused in that way. You see, so many times in this world people are searching for their identity. They're trying to figure out, well, I'm a, I'm a woman in a man's body or a, a man in a woman's body or I'm a, a man who loves men or a, a woman who loves women and they are so confused. They're trying to find their identity in something that is sinful, that is not of God. When all the while the Scripture says that our identity is in God. We are made in the image of God. But the problem that we have in our world is that we have an enemy, Satan, who is an identity thief. He's stolen the identity of so many that they're living in darkness and they're living in confusion and they don't even know up from down or right from wrong. And perhaps we see these people, no doubt we do. These terms, these phrases, these people who are living in darkness, we encounter them not just on TV shows. We encounter them in our daily lives when we're walking through the store, when we're walking through Walmart conversations that I hear that are out of this world. In a public place, people are walking around using language and talking about things that are sinful and that are horrible. And you walk by them when you're grocery shopping and you can't avoid it. Or you hear them at the gas pump next to you when you're pumping gas. It is all around us. The darkness is everywhere. And we encounter these things and we as Christians, we see verses like this and we know that as human beings we are created in the very image of God and there are so many people in this world that are so confused and so living in darkness that, boy, Satan has got them so off track. And it may be easy for us to see these people and to say, boy, they're crazy. They are crazy. Well, perhaps in some sense, maybe we could say they're crazy, but... More so, they have been deceived. They have been deceived by the enemy. They have been deceived by Satan. They have been deceived to think that they have no self-worth, that they have no self-value, that they can be who they want to be or what they want to be, that there is no God that has created them. We live in a world full of people that are deceived. And it should be heartbreaking to us as Christians. I think the natural response... Uh, should not be one that we look at these people and that we say that they are crazy, but we look at them as people who are living in darkness, people who need to see the light, people who need to know the truth that God has created them. And it didn't say He created them to choose who they wanted to be. It says that He created them male and female. So many times we see the enemy and we think that, that, that Satan's main goal is for us to sin. Well, he does want us to sin. No doubt he wants us to sin. But Satan's goal is much bigger than just to get us to sin. Satan's goal is much bigger than just to get you to tell a lie or just to get you to hate someone else or just to get you to do this or to do that. That's not Satan's only goal. 
Satan's goal is to destroy humanity. His goal is to destroy human beings. Why? Because we are created in the very image of God. A God that Satan hates with all that is within him. Satan's goal is not just to cause us to sin. He doesn't just say, oh, I've gotten them all to tell a lie. I'm done. I'm going to move on with my life. No, Satan's goal is to destroy humanity. To, to make sure that there's no value of human life. Because anything that bears the very image of God, Satan wants to destroy. And we see that in our world today played out in many different ways. And not just in our modern world. You look back through history at how people have been treated. People that have been enslaved for thousands of years throughout the centuries, we see people who have been enslaved. Why? Because the people who are enslaving them put no value on their life. They can't respect human life or else they would never treat someone in that way. We see it in the sex trade that's happening very prevalent in our world today. Young girls being abducted and sold. The people who are abducting these girls and selling them into this lifestyle, they don't care about human life. They don't value human life. You can't value human life and treat another living being in that way. The men and women who may be buying these people as slaves, they don't value human life. They don't look as people as being equal. The ones who go to have an abortion... Oh, it's not a real living life if it's in the womb. It's not a real living life if it just come out of the womb. There's no value there for human life. You see, Satan doesn't just want us to sin. He wants to destroy the very fabric, the very being that is the image of God that we all bear, each and every one of us. And boy, he's doing a good job. There's no value of human life in this world today. People fighting wars because they want land or they want this or they want that because they don't care how many people they kill. They don't care how many babies are murdered. They don't care how many people are sold into slavery. They don't care if you're a man or a woman or whatever you want to be. And Satan is sit, sitting back and he has destroyed the very image of God and he has got this world living in such darkness and such confusion that people don't even know if they they're a man or a woman. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's a horrible state that we are living in. Right. You don't think Satan's working overtime? Please. Satan is working overtime. If Satan was our employee, we would give him a raise. <laughs> he works all the overtime you could ever imagine. He gets more likes than any post that's ever been on Twitter. He has more followers than anybody on Facebook. He gets more views than any YouTube video that's ever been. He is a slick talker. He is a hard worker. He can get the job done and he will get results. If, he, if Satan worked for us, we would give him a raise. Praise the Lord that Satan does not work for us. Yes, Lord. But the question is, are you working for him? No. And that's the real tough question that we have to answer. We see that Satan is doing a, a good job, or I won't say a good job. In his mind, it's a good job. We see that he's getting the job done because we see the results in our world, in our society. Satan doesn't value human life, and he doesn't want us to value human life. He wants to take everything that God has made in his image, and he wants to corrupt it. 
He wants to destroy it. Satan doesn't want you to sin. Satan wants you to die. Satan does not care about you. Satan cares about you being destroyed. He wants to destroy you inwardly. He wants to destroy you outwardly. Satan's uh, concerns are far more than just getting you to fight with your neighbor. He is after your very soul. He is after your very being. He is after your very body. Yes. And there are thousands of people, millions of people in this world that die every day, every month that are living in that darkness because they don't know the truth of Jesus Christ. They don't know that they have value. They don't know that they have worth. They're trying to find their worth in their identity. But their identity is not in in things of this world or who they think they want to be or need to be. Their identity is in the very God who created them in His image. And we need to be out there as Christians when we encounter those people to tell them that they are worthy. That Satan has come and stolen their identity. We need to tell them where their identity is. Who their identity is in. Jesus Christ is who our identity should be in. We need to tell them, hey look, you're looking for a new identity. You're looking for who you need to be. Look no further than Jesus Christ. If you don't think you have any worth, if you don't think you have any value, look no further than Jesus Christ who gave His life on a cross so that you could be forgiven. There's a world full of people who are worth something in God's eyes that think that they are worthless, that are trying to find their value in things of this world. God holds human life uh, very high. Uh, We see uh, in Genesis chapter 3, sin enter the scene. And you don't have to flip but a page over in your Bible, maybe even on the same page, and you don't see that it's very long until sin makes its way into a murder. Satan is already doing exactly what he wants to do. As soon as sin entered the picture, Satan began to work in the life of Cain, and Cain murdered Abel instantly. Just, just, just a few verses, uh, just a short amount of time after sin entered the picture, Satan was already doing what he wanted to do. He was destroying humanity. Oh, he's been trying. He's still trying, and he's not going to give up. He's not trying because he thinks he can win. He's trying because he knows that he's lost, and he doesn't want anyone to come to God. He doesn't want anyone to know that God loves them. He doesn't want anyone to live a life of peace and joy. He wants everyone to live a life of depression and confusion and darkness so that they don't know right from wrong. We look at our world today, and all the time we say, Oh, here's the problem. Oh, the murder rate's up. Here's the problem. There are too many guns. There are too many this. There's too many video games. There's too many bad movies that's influenced people. And oh, that's why all these bad things have happened. Well, guess what? Cain killed Abel. He didn't have a movie. He didn't have bad music. He didn't have a video game. He didn't have a gun. You know what he had? He had hatred and anger in his heart. And the same tactics that the devil used way back when are the same tactics that he uses today. The problem is not entirely all the things that we are exposed to. The problem is the darkness that's within our heart. The problem is the lack of value that we put on human life. If we valued human life, if the world valued human life, you wouldn't hear about nearly as many shootings and all of these things that you see in our world today. We are all created in the image of God. 
Even those who haven't turned their life to Jesus Christ have been created in the image of God. We're created in the image of God, and we see that in a few different ways. One is that we are intellectual. I believe that that's one way that we are created in the image of God, that our brains are able to comprehend, that our brains are able to think and come up with all of these marvelous inventions and things that we see today. We are smart as human beings. We were created in the image of God. Our minds work very well. You may have recalled a story in the Old Testament. If you haven't, there's a story where uh, the people are building a tower that's going to reach to the heavens. It's called the Tower of Bible. Some of you may have heard that phrase before. Uh, and, uh, and God looked down and saw the people and He said, I must stop them, I must separate them, make them all speak in different languages. He said, because there's nothing that they cannot do. Now how about that? You don't think our brains are good, that we're created in the image of God, that we're smart as human beings? God said, I must bring confusion on them because there's nothing that they cannot accomplish if they keep working together. We have intellect. We have brains. We have smarts. I believe that's part of being created in the image of God. Another part, I think, of being created in the image of God is that we have morals. Every person, even the most evil person you see, has at some point in time had morals. Now perhaps they've lived in so much darkness that perhaps they're maybe not there anymore. But I believe that we are all born with morals. We know right from wrong. We know when something is not right. Even those people who do the worst things, I believe at some point in their life, they had morals. They had the ability to know what was right from what was wrong. Because we are created in the image of God, we see good things happen in this world. Anything that good that is within us is from God. It is of God. Even in the unbeliever, there are plenty of people who don't believe in God, that don't trust in God, that don't even acknowledge there's a God. But they still do many good things in this world. They still care for the needy. They still look after people. Why is that? If they're not a Christian, they don't believe they're a God, where does that desire within them come from to do good? It comes from the fact that they're created in the very image of God. And Satan doesn't want anyone to know that. He doesn't want anyone to know this fact. He doesn't want anyone to know that, that a God who loves and cares for them has created them and made them just who He wanted them to be. Instead, Satan wants them to feel like they are worthless. That their hope, that their satisfaction, that their joy is going to come in making this choice or making this decision or making that decision. We live in a world that's living in darkness. But we serve a God who cares about human life. Who puts a very high value on human life. Who made us different than anything else that He created. Everything that God created, the text says, was good. But when He created humanity, He said that we were very good. We were different than the animals. We were different than everything else He created. We were different than the angels. We were created in the very image of God and we are the only beings that, that can say that. God put extra effort into us. God spent extra time on us. God breathed the very breath into our lungs. God set us apart. God made us different because He loved us. If the Almighty Creator of the heavens and the earth, the God that we serve, made us just how He wanted us to be, then who are we to say 
I need to change myself. I need to change who I am, what I am, what I'm like. The only thing that needs to change in our life is we need to change from being a sinner to a righteous person. And that change comes only through Jesus Christ. We are made in the image of God, but God desires that our identity is in Jesus Christ. That we become a new creation. That we become a new self. That our sinful self, even though it is created in the image of God, it is still stained by sin. But God wants us to be a new creation, a new person who is made in the image of Christ, who has had all of their sins forgiven. As we see that language uh, that Paul writes in the New Testament where he says to put on Christ, that idea like we put on a jacket or like we put on clothes, that idea of, of putting on Christ, that Christ is all around us, that Christ is over us, that we are a new creation, that people see Christ in us and how we live. Some of you may be struggling I don't know anybody's heart. I don't know anybody's situation. But the devil tempts us. He struggles with, uh, with our mind. He, he messes with us to make us confused about uh, who we should be or what we should be. And there may be some of you in this room that are confused, that are struggling, that are having a hard time making heads or tails. Well, I can't relate to that struggle. I don't know your struggle, but I know your tempter. I know his tactics. And I know that you have value. I know that you are worth something and I know that you are just how God has created you to be. And I know that Jesus Christ gave His life on the cross so that you could be forgiven. So that you could be made a completely new creation. So that you could be washed free from your sins. If you're struggling, if you don't know what choice to make, maybe you have a relative or a friend who's struggling with some of these very same lifestyle choices we've talked about today. We can't look at the world as crazy people. We can't look to people and say they're crazy, but we need to look at those people and we need to have compassion and say they have been so deceived that the enemy has stolen their identity. They don't know who they are or who God is. We don't need to run from those people and talk about those people. We need to run to those people and have compassion and say an almighty God, the only God that there is, created you in His image just who you, how you needed to be and who you needed to be and you have worth. And we need to shed the light of Jesus Christ into their life. Let's pray. God, we come to You this morning and I thank You for these words. I pray that You just would, God, help us to be a light to the world. Dear Lord, the more time goes on, if you don't come back, Lord, we're going to experience more and more people who, who are just confused, dear Lord, who are living in darkness that don't know uh, what, what's what. They don't know what from down or right from wrong, dear Lord, but it's our job to, to tell them. So God, help us to have compassion when we see these people. God, you love these people. You love them so much you died on the cross for them. God, you didn't say, uh, you didn't write them off as crazy and, and we're done with them, dear Lord, and help us not to do that. God, help us to know how to interact with those that we may encounter. Help us to know what to say or what to do. It's not easy, dear Lord. Yes. So just let the Holy Spirit give us the actions to do or the words to say when we encounter those who are living in darkness. And God, help us to be good image bearers for you, dear Lord. We are created in your image, and those who are in Christ are a new creation, dear Lord. And we want to be a good image bearer as we go out into the world that people see you and us, dear Lord. And God, help us to help them to see, to see you in them, dear Lord. To know that you are just who, they are just who you made them to be, God. And I pray that you just would 
be with any in this room. Maybe, maybe there are some in here that are struggling, dear Lord. And this is a real struggle. God, if we can help them, God, if I can help them, dear Lord, just, just let them come and, and, and say, look, I'm struggling. That's what, we, that's what we come for, dear Lord. That's what we're together for. We lift up our struggles, God, for, with one another. So God, I pray that you would help anyone in this room maybe that hadn't come to Jesus Christ. Maybe today for the first time they just found out that they were worth something to you, that they have worth, that they have value, God, that you made them just how you wanted them to be. And I pray, God, that if they've never accepted Jesus Christ or asked for forgiveness of their sins, that they would do so. And God, upon doing so, that they would let us know, let me know, or let one of us in here know, God, so we can follow through, that they would confess that, that they would follow through with baptism, God, just as your word commands. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.